I find it curious that in my HarperCollins study Bible, the trusty steed that has carried me through discernment, seminary, and my first few years of ordained ministry, the title that they give to this passage from Isaiah that we just heard is, God's people are comforted. Wait, what? Now, I know about comfort. I have a favorite hoodie sweatshirt that I've spent the better part of 15 years breaking in. And I, like I'm sure many of you, have my own go-to comfort foods that I like to make when I'm feeling anxious, homesick, or lonely. They are often some variation on the meals that my parents made when I was growing up. This passage from Isaiah this morning, though, it doesn't really sound like comfort to me. All people are grass. The grass withers, the flower fades, something about wilderness. I think I heard the word recompense in there. This passage from the 40th chapter of Isaiah is the beginning of what is known as Second Isaiah, written by a prophet living in Babylon near the end of the Babylonian exile. The message here is supposed to be about deliverance, about the promise of restoration that comes from God showing up in a big way for God's people and bringing them back to their homeland, bringing them back to what they know and where they feel at ease. But what I hear in this passage is not the kind of comfort that I create for myself when I put on that well-worn sweatshirt or whip up one of my mom's recipes. That sort of comfort is fleeting and unreliable, and it enables me to feel like I can be my own savior. What I hear in the words of Isaiah is the kind of comfort that can only come from being drawn out into the desolate wilderness and confronted, in the hard, confronted with the hard truth that no matter what we do, we are utterly reliant on God showing up and acting. There's a harshness to this kind of comfort, not because ours is a harsh God, but because this kind of comfort requires absolute surrender and waiting. Our God is a God who shows up in the wilderness not because God wants us to suffer or feel lost and abandoned, but because being in the wilderness is the only way that we can let go of enough of ourselves to make room for God. But then once we do that, what Isaiah tells us this morning is that we still have to wait for God to show up. And that's what feels hard for me, especially this year. Typically, Advent is a time where we have to remember to force ourselves to slow down and not let the hustle and bustle of the commercial Christmas season, school and work deadlines, travel, etc. distract us from the moment that the Christ child appears in our lives. That sermon doesn't really work in 2020. It feels like all we've done since March is slow down, narrow our focus, and pray for deliverance. We've already been in the wilderness a long time. So being reminded that simply being dragged out here isn't enough and that we also have to hang out for a while, watching and waiting for God to show up and act, is just too much, if you ask me. How many of us during this time of quarantine have felt like we have hit our breaking point? And what does it look like when that happens? Maybe we've snapped at our kids or our spouse. Maybe we've blankly stared at a computer screen knowing that we have a looming deadline 
and yet have been unable to get anything done. Maybe we start to notice that things that would never have bothered us before have become insufferable. Maybe the people we love the most in this world we have longed to escape from. And yet, here we are day after day, watching and waiting. So far, I can imagine that none of this really feels very comforting. Kind of like how I felt when Isaiah was talking about how people are like grass and all grass withers and dies. What part of that is supposed to be good news? The part about how we have to be dragged out into the wilderness in order to be comforted? Or the part about how even when we're out there wandering aimlessly around, there's nothing that we can do to make God show up faster and we still just have to wait? I read a short reflection by Cole Arthur Riley on her Instagram account, Black Liturgies, this week about this kind of waiting. She reminds us that while we wait for God to show up, it's not because God is dormant or static. She says, Mary was growing the Messiah for months. She and God were working unseen mysteries. This is an active waiting. God is out here in the wilderness with us. And God is moving and working in ways that are indiscernible to us until we have done the hard work of preparing a way for the Lord and making straight in the desert a highway for our God. This isn't about changing the wilderness, though, to make God show up faster. As Phil reminded us last week, God is not a puppet on a string that we can force into action at any given moment. No, this preparing a way for the Lord is about changing ourselves so that we can see that God is already here with us, working and acting and moving in our world, laying the groundwork for the, for the fulfillment of her promise of restoration. There's nothing that we can do to make God show up exactly when, where, and how we want. That's always been true. But I think for me, the good news about this type of waiting is that it actually reveals to us what we believe to be true about God. Because watching and waiting for God to show up inherently presupposes a belief that it will actually happen. If we didn't know deep down in our bones that our God is a God of compassion, we wouldn't feel so abandoned when that compassion seems to be missing from our lives. So when we find ourselves frustrated and angry that God hasn't shown up yet, it means that we know way down deep that she will. It actually reveals our own faith to us. In a paradoxical and frustrating way, this is where I find comfort. I do actually believe that God will show up. I have actually seen that our God is for real. That's the kind of comfort that lasts and that can sustain us through the wilderness. We know that God shows up for us in these wilderness moments because God has done it before. We wouldn't be here if we hadn't experienced that at some time or another. I don't know about you, but this is not my first time being in the wilderness. For me, the first time happened when I was wrestling with being queer and what it would mean for me to come out of the closet. I felt completely alone and abandoned. 
I looked around for a way out, and every way out that I could find meant that I would have to lose something. That's a hard place to be. There's no favorite hoodie or chicken pot pie that can comfort you when you're in that place. But my time in the wilderness is not unique. I know that. There are infinite ways that we are all pushed and pulled from the comfort of our lives out into the wilderness. When we suffer a trauma or a loss. When we learn something about ourselves or the world around us that makes it impossible for us to go on living as we did before. When we are disillusioned by the people we love and trust. When these things happen, we are sent out against our will to the very place where God has also been waiting for us. When we find ourselves adrift in the wilderness, we are laid bare. And all the temporal, earthly comforts that we cling to fall away. And we are left with only the unchanging, steadfast love of God. And the memory that lives deep down in our bones that this is the exact place where God has always shown up. 